This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Um, uh, you know, they say never say um in an audio podcast, video uh, production or whatever, but how else do you describe the holy fill-in-the-blank, hit-with-an-S-in-front-of-it expletive thing we just saw yesterday with Project Veritas, the New York Times, and the FBI? I mean, seriously, just when you thought it was safe to dip your toes back in the water again and say, okay, maybe kind of sort of they'll wake up after that election last week and not do crazy stuff. The FBI, the DOJ, the Biden administration and the New York Times do the craziest thing yet. I get, Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. It is a busy Friday show. We've got your questions. We've got a key witness in the Rittenhouse case who cannot seem to get his story straight. I mean, he literally won on a morning show yesterday, not figuratively, and gave the exact opposite story than he did under oath. Can that be used to impeach the witness? Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, do they even want to impeach the witness at this point? Seems to be working for the defendant. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Now, ordinarily, I'd say, all right, Joe, let's go. But Joe is having a major technical meltdown at his home location. A tree fell. So Kenny Bell time twice in the same week. Of course, with the Kenny Bell, we have to physically stop the Kenny Bell because it's not digital. It's an actual bell from a guy named Kenny. Hence the name, the Kenny Bell. One quick programming note. My show tomorrow night on Fox, 10 p.m. I got Ron DeSantis coming on, which is going to be awesome. I've got a panel on artificial intelligence. Hey, what if China beats us in the artificial intelligence wars? Are we like goners? Is it going to be Terminator 2 time? What about big tech? Also, I got a Kyle Rittenhouse panel with an actual judge, an actual prosecutor, an actual defense attorney to cover the uh, breaking news we had this week. Don't miss it. And of course, the monologue in the beginning. All right, folks, this is one of those holy hit with an S in front of it moments on the show. What the hell is going on with the FBI, New York Times and Project Veritas? This scandal. This is. Me, again, having been a former federal agent, my humble opinion, this is the most brazen brazen scam since the spying operation on Donald Trump. So long and short of it is this, and then I'll get to Tucker and Harmeet Dill in this video in a second. The New York Times is undergoing a court case, right? And they're being sued by Project Veritas for defamation, right? Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's group, a conservative group, is suing the New York Times for defamation. That case is ongoing, and it's not going well for the New York Times. The FBI just raided... Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe's New York City apartment and the information from the raid leaks to the New York Times is being sued by Project Veritas. Gee, am I making this up? I'm not making this up. You're like, no, no, that's not happening. No, it's happening. Here is Tucker last night and an excellent attorney, Harmeet Dillon, who is Project Veritas's attorney in the case, describing exactly what I just said. Check this out. Is the connection, the obvious connection, Real? I mean, what what is this? Well, our client James O'Keefe's home was raided on Sunday, on Saturday morning by the FBI. They had a battering ram and they threw him out in the hallway and took, you know, in handcuffs and took his phones. Now, a lot of privileged information was on his phones, including communications with, by my count, four dozen different lawyers over the years. And coincidentally, this, this publication came out this afternoon from The New York Times. Now, I can't say with a certainty how The New York Times got this information. 
information. But I can say that they got it in a way that is illegal and unethical. And so we have to ask that question. And so, you know, what we have right now is a very disturbing situation of the U.S. Attorney's Office and or the FBI tipping off the New York Times to each of the raids on Project Veritas's current and former employees last week. We know that because minutes after these raids occurred, they got calls from the New York Times, which is the only journalism outlet that knew about it. And they published this hit piece today, which is really despicable. I don't think I've ever seen this low from the New York Times before to publish people's private legal communications. And by the way, what does it prove, New York Times? All it proves is that Project Veritas is an honest and thoughtful journalistic organization that sought legal advice before making various publications. So just to sum this up before we go into the receipts here, right? Project Veritas sues the New York Times a while ago for defamation. The trial is going very poorly for the New York Times. I'll show you something on that in a second, right? Project Veritas could very well win that case against the New York Times. The FBI then raids Project Veritas's founder James O'Keefe's apartment in New York. Is apparently, according to Harmie Dillon, tipped off about the raid because they're calling O'Keefe instantly as it happens, according to Harmie Dillon. And then is leaked information, apparently the products of the FBI raid, about the communications Project Veritas have had with their lawyer. You're probably thinking, like, this can't possibly be true. Like, is this bizarre Superman world? It's not. It's regular Superman world. This is actually happening. Now, a federal judge yesterday, thankfully, in a moment of brief sanity, appears to have realized there is something seriously brazen going on with this scam. And a federal judge uh, yesterday ordered the FBI, as you'll see in this PJ Media headline, you'll, you, can read the, in the, you can read the article in my newsletter, ordered the FBI to stop the search of Project Veritas founder O'Keefe's phone following the raid. Just a second of sanity in this insane world. Now, if you'd like to read a little bit about this, you can go to Molly Hemingway's piece from March of this year about Project Veritas, quote, winning an early round in their defamation suit against the New York Times, which, according to Harmeet Dillon, the lawyer appears to have been tipped off about the FBI raid on Project Veritas who's suing them. Now, in a stunningly stupid piece, and I mean a genuinely dumb, like, we're just going to stick it in your face and hope you don't do anything about it. The New York Times somehow thought it was a good idea. Adam Goldman, there he is, PP tape hoaxer again. Adam Goldman in the New York Times write this article yesterday about Project Veritas and the line between journalism and political spying. Talking about documents taken during the FBI raid. And they write this. This is incredible. How stupid they are to put this down on paper. The documents, a series of memos written by the group's lawyer. Wait, wait, what? Project Veritas lawyer. Detail ways for Project Veritas sting operations, which typically diverge from standard journalistic practice by employing people who mask their real identities or create fake ones to infiltrate target organizations to avoid breaking federal statutes, such as the law against lying to government officials. <laughs> you, you get this? So the New York Times has access to apparently information taken by the FBI, even though they're being sued by Project Veritas. Between Project Veritas, they have access to information between Veritas and their lawyers, indicating that Project Veritas talks to their lawyer about how, gee, how not to break the law? <laughs> Did I, can you go back to that? I don't mean to screw you up here, but I I'm, I'm just want to be sure I read that right. So Project Veritas, they have a series of memos the New York Times magically got a hold of. Did someone from the FBI leak this? On how Project Veritas intends to, quote, avoid breaking federal statutes? Hang them by the toenails. How, how are we allowing this to happen? Folks, rather than complaining about this, let me propose two solutions right now. A special counsel needs to be appointed here immediately. The FBI is clearly out of control. Clearly out of control. An, an immediate, immediate appointment of a special counsel. Every Republican should be on the side of that. Secondly, my proposal to disband the FBI is now just smacking us all right in the face. This is an organization that has clearly lost its code. It's lost its way. I'm not indicting everyone there. I've worked with the men and women there. The men I, I worked with were terrific. I'm not going to lie to you for the sake of effect. They were great. And I'm sure there were a lot of great patriots over there. A lot of great people who care about the country. 
The hard reality is the organization has collapsed and these, the, the, the really good members of the FBI have not been able to save it. The FBI needs to be disbanded. The culture there is rotten to the core. Um, and any candidate running for office on the presidential side or anywhere else in 2022 and 24, 2024 who doesn't commit to a massive house cleaning um, is not our guy. This is an embarrassment. Project Veritas sues the New York Times. Project Veritas comes into uh, comes into the possession of a Biden, an Ashley Biden journal. The FBI then raids the house and then leaks to the New York Times along with the evidence of the raid leaks and evidence from the raid, which is privileged communications between Project Veritas and the lawyer, which the New York Times is getting sued, gets their hands on. Yeah, sounds legit to me, folks. Sounds perfectly normal. Disband the FBI um, as soon, as soon as we take power and replace it with an organization with a new constitutional infrastructure where people actually care about constitutional guidelines. This is insane. Okay, moving on. I've never seen anything like this, really. I have never seen anything like this in my life. Hey, why can't in the Rittenhouse case, star witness Gage Groyskreitz, uh, who, according to his own words, pointed a gun in Kyle Rittenhouse's face before Kyle Rittenhouse engaged him with his AR-15 and uh, shot him in his arm, why can't Gage Groyskreitz seem to get his story straight? This is stunning. I, I'm going to play for you what he said in court under oath um, about pointing a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse right before Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself with his AR-15 and shot Grosskreitz. But here's Grosskreitz yesterday on, I think it's Good Morning America, Michael Strahan. Here's Grosskreitz challenging Grosskreitz, like debating himself. Grosskreitz or whatever his name is. Check this out. As uh, I was allegedly pointing my weapon at the defendant, I... It's completely inconsistent uh, with the physiology of my wound that he would have shot me while my weapon was pointed at his head. So here, here you're allowed to say whatever you feel like you, you need to say. So you're saying that you actually didn't, you weren't pointing your gun at him. Is that what you're saying? That's absolutely what I'm saying, yes. Allegedly. Now, what does he mean by allegedly, folks? What does he mean by allegedly? He was in court the other day under oath, swearing to tell the truth, and he was asked the exact same question. He says, uh, allegedly, he was pointing my gun. Are you saying you weren't pointing your gun? That's what I'm saying. Well, when, why did you just say this the other day under oath in court? Check this out. With your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired. Right. Correct. <laughs> so he brings up a good point. Some people allege that point. My God, to say it was you. You just said correct. You just said correct when he asked you that under oath. Now, I only bring this up because I got a lot of experience interviewing people who were involved in criminal investigations and sadly in civil stuff as well. And, and here's the thing you notice, and this is not some deep, profound thing, but it does escape, especially some liberals. The thing about the truth is it's easy to remember because it's the truth. The, the, I know. You're like, uh, well, of course. No, no, you don't understand. Like, some people don't get that. The thing about telling a story that is factually inaccurate, that's a lie, is it's hard to remember and keep up with the lie because you don't have an accurate recollection of what happened because that's not what happened. You're trying to recollect what you said about what happened, not about what happened. Is this hard to understand? I, here's one of the things I used to do when I was interviewing uh, counterfeit cases, guys we had arrested on suspicion of passing counterfeit money. I would ask them to tell the story. And I would go out, I would come back with like a, you know, a, 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 a box of cookies or whatever and i eat them for a little bit you know eating puts people at ease and i'd be like ah, so, and i'd have them tell the story by the third or fourth iteration of the story they would almost always say something that would cross them up because they weren't telling the truth so for example one guy he told me oh no no um i didn't pass this counterfeit 20 i think it was a 20 dollar bill i didn't pass the counterfeit 20 dollar bill I found it in the parking lot of the 7-Eleven. It was crumpled up in a corner, and I just figured I'd walk inside and just buy something with it because I thought, wow, I was so lucky. So the thing is, I had the counterfeit bill that was passed. 
because the 7-Eleven deposited in the bank and the bank gave it to us. And the funny thing was, I said, you found it, how? Crumpled up? Okay, left the room. I came back later. I said, tell me again about the story. He's like, yeah, I found it. I think it was in a corner. He kept getting the corner of the northeast, northwest corner. He said, I found it crumpled up. I said, that's fascinating. Here's the bill. Now, he didn't catch it right away. I'm like, what do you notice about this bill? The bill was not crumpled up at all. It was perfectly flat, like it had been kept in a wallet. Makes that look crumpled up to you? Did you iron it? That's the thing about the truth. It's not hard to remember. It's the truth. When you tell a false story about the truth, you got to remember not only the truth, but the false story you told about it. Uh, probably. He wants to know if they, if they can't tell a fake story backwards. Yeah, probably, I bet they couldn't. But I, I, I did, forget that. Don't overly complicate it. They can't even tell a fake story forward. Forget about backwards. I'm telling you, if you walk out of the room and come back, they will tell you a different version of events. Grosskreutz is having this problem now. I'm not challenging Grosskreutz. It's Grosskreutz challenging himself. <laughs> By the way, I'm wondering what, again, can this be used to impeach the witness? But do you want to even impeach the witness because the witness impeached himself? <laughs> Complicated question. All right, moving on. I want to get to the next story. Uh, Folks, a really stunning development in response to a Freedom of Information Act letter sent to the CDC about natural immunity and the evidence that people with natural immunity from COVID are passing the virus on. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. As the holiday season quickly approaches, there's never been a better time to give the gift of relief and make sure your loved ones are nausea-free. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, you'll receive 20% off free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to reliefband.com and use our promo code Bongino for 20% off Plus free shipping today. Reliefband.com, promo code Bongino. Check them out. All right. Getting back to the show. Folks, this is a, I, and I don't think I'm overselling this. Forgive me if I am. I'm not trying to do that. This is an absolutely stunning letter um, sent from the CDC to an entity and a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request. And the gist of the request was this. CDC, um, do you have any evidence out there of people who've had COVID, have not been vaccinated, let me be clear, have had a natural infection from COVID, have then developed natural immunity? Do you have any evidence that those people became later reinfected and then transmitted to others? It's a very simple question. Do people with natural immunity pass COVID on or not? Ladies and gentlemen, the letter back is genuinely astonishing here i'm going to read the exact text because i know the crazy left is going to lose their mind in the anti-science crowd of will be accused now of misinformation for accurately quoting a cdc letter here's the exact quote the centers for disease control and prevention an agency for toxic substances and disease registry i'm reading it exactly Received your September 2nd, 2021 Freedom of Information Act FOIA request on September 2nd, 2021, seeking, quote, documents reflecting any documented case of an individual who, one, never received a COVID-19 vaccine, two, was infected with COVID-19 once, recovered, and then later became infected again, and 
three transmitted SARS COVID-2 to another person when reinfected. End quote. The CDC letter continues. A search of our records failed to reveal any documents pertaining to your request. The CDC Emergency Operations Center, EOC, conveyed that this information is not collected. Huh? Wait, come again with that? Now, some people, I think, are getting the scandal wrong here. I saw this going around on social media yesterday, Parler on Twitter and Getter and elsewhere. And some are saying, wow, look, this is evidence that people who have natural immunity, that there's no cases of them ever passing on the virus to others after they got reinfected. That's not what this letter says. I want you to remember the golden rule. Because remember, we do science here, okay? The left does not do science. The left does emotion, and at this point, they're doing hysteria. It does not say that, that naturally immune people cannot and do not pass it on ever. That's not what it says. I want you to remember the golden rule of evidence. That's this. Hatib Nassim Talib from his book. The absence of evidence does not mean the evidence of absence. Do you get what I'm saying here? The fact that the CDC does not have and is not collecting data on natural immunity, preventing people from reinfection and passing it on to others does not mean it doesn't happen. I don't want anyone to jump the gun because I don't want our side to ever be uh, accused of not doing science. The left owns that. Let them own the anti-science nonsense. We will not do misinformation. That's their domain. That's That's why they accuse us of it. Because they want to continue to misinform people to keep the fear porn CDC coronavirus campaign going. They're afraid we're going to expose them. The real scandal here is that the CDC, quote, is not collecting this information. You're not concerned at all about the effects of natural immunity and that people who got a COVID-19 infection may be may be less likely to pass it on than people who were vaccinated? Why do I say maybe? Because the CDC doesn't know. Their emergency operations center conveyed that they're not collecting this information. The verdict is in. Guy is correct. Guy said, is it that they don't want to know? Do they not want the answer? Are they afraid that the answer could be that naturally immune people could be naturally immune people are less prone to get reinfected and pass it on than people who are vaccinated. I don't know. I would love to find that out. If the CDC EOC was collecting the data, wouldn't that be spectacular? Don't forget the golden rule though. Let the left own their disinformation campaign. The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. The way to solve that problem is to collect evidence and not make it absent which seems like kind of a problem if the CDC EOC is not collecting the evidence. As Guy just said, maybe they don't want the answer because maybe they're afraid the answer will cause a, a litigation tidal wave of lawsuits of people who are naturally immune, who are being discriminated against despite potential evidence. They may not be the problem here. Cumulus should pay attention to that too. Oh, I didn't forget about that. Never forget. There's a story coming up about that later, too. It's kind of kind of hilarious. Um, moving on, folks. A lot to cover today. These stories, again, will be in my newsletter, Bongito.com slash newsletter. Be coming some of them on my show tomorrow on Fox as well, unfiltered. Don't miss it. Set your DVR, 10 p.m. So Joe Biden lied again, stunner. He's sitting there in shock. He's got his head in his hand. I can't believe it. Joe Biden lied again. Remember when Joe Biden said, we will not raise taxes on anyone making $400,000 or less. Remember that when he stammered through it, he's never actually said that in a coherent sentence, of course, as he stammers through it all the time. Well, Fox Business broke this story yesterday at the nonpartisan tax entity that looks at these things said, quote, the spending bill would break the Biden pledge not to raise taxes on the middle class analysis finds stunner folks stunner. That's a real shocker. Joe Biden lied again. He's just making it up. Joe Biden makes everything up. We don't have an open. What's that? It costs zero. No, he said it right. He said, it. of course it costs zero. Joe Biden said it. We know he lied about not leaving Americans behind in Afghanistan. We know he lied about the payments to illegal immigrants he plans on making. He's already acknowledged that they're planning on doing it. 
We know he lied about open borders. We know he lied about his tax bill. We know he lied about it costing zero. Joe Biden doesn't tell the truth about just about anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 this is the fact checkers will be out on this next because they can't stand the fact that Biden never, ever tells the truth about the actual facts. Just another story to pile on than this. Terrence Jeffrey does terrific work at CNSNews.com. I encourage you to check it out if you're interested even remotely in the budget. To prove to you for the umpteenth thousandth time, if that's a real number, that we do not have a taxing problem in the United States, we have a spending problem. $283,927,000,000 were collected in taxes in October. That is a record. Yes, even adjusted for inflation. For the leftists listening, that means we have never taken from our citizens more money in a month than we've taken now meaning it's the most ever if you're having a hard time with numbers and stuff leftists. And yet we are still, despite stealing from our citizens more money than we ever have, we are still running the biggest deficits we've run in modern times. We are running enormous deficits. And yes, deficits are wrong under Republicans in the Bush and Trump and Reagan administration, and they're wrong under Democrats. We are running historic deficits despite taking and stealing from our citizens the most money we have ever taken. This is a busy two-pager. Sometimes a two-pager on the second page, it's like, you know, some Phil stuff. And st- not today. Today is like a loaded two-pager. We got a lot to get to still. Okay. Um, this is the status of journalism in the United States today. You know, um, you know, it's interesting. I was at Fox a little while ago, and a friend of mine at Fox, uh, she – you know, she came down and we were chatting and she's like, you know, in your show, I, I get this feeling uh, that you really dislike the media. She's kind of being sarcastic. I'm like, yeah, I do. And she's like, you know, seriously, she's like, what, why is that? What, what, you know, outside of the obvious that they, they lie pretty much all the time. She's like, why is it? Why does it seem so personal to you? And the truth is, folks, you know, I have a generally thick skin when it comes to attack by leftists. I do. I didn't always, but I do. It's the, it's the conservative ink crowd that comes out. That, that bothers me. But what used to bother me about the media, but I've thickened the skin up on, is they're just so ridiculous that it's hard to believe that they seriously look themselves in the mirror and are proud of what they do. When I ran for office, they would just blatantly lie. I'll never forget an interview I had with the Washington Post editorial column where the guy swore to me that the after the Bush tax cuts, he swore to me that we, we, the government lost money. I sent him an actual article citing the fact that after the George W. Bush tax cuts, we had record revenue for the years following them, and he just disregarded it like I had never sent it. They lie all the time. So there's this young kid. He works at the Daily Yeast. His name is uh, Zonk Padizzo. And um, Zonk emailed me yesterday a request for comment, which I laughed immediately when I saw it because I thought, if I've ever seen journalism summed up in one email, the status of journalism, how they hire these, you know, uh, journalism grads who are like 19 out of college with no life experience at all. It's this email. So he says, Mr. Bongino, Zonk Palizzo here with the Daily East. I'm working on a story regarding Tron Simpson and wanted to see why he never appeared on your show on October 20th. Talking about my radio show. Was that a call made by Cumulus? Many thanks. Zonk Palizzi, reporter, the Daily East. Uh, this is a, <laughs> the kids about 12. So I thought to myself, wow, that's funny. Tron Simpson was a host fired by Cumulus, who I promptly had on my radio show on Cumulus to let everybody know why he was fired. Cause we're going to help him out. And that's interesting. I, I thought the reporter an investigative reporter wants to comment about why Tron didn't appear on my show on October 20th. So I had to go back and check. Cause I thought maybe I'm crazy. And, uh, I went and asked my, my fact checker, Matt Palumbo at Bongino.com. I said, am I crazy? Or was Tron Simpson on my show on October 20th? So he wrote this piece, uh, Matt investigative reporter fails to investigate reporting. Yet Tron actually, if it had, had Zonk bothered to check the episode still available on Fox nation, by the way, as one would expect from an investigative reporter as part of their preliminary research, he would have seen that Simpson did appear on the October 20th show at the two hour, one minute and 20 second mark. Now, Guy, uh, to help Zonk out, can you please just play the audio from the show where we welcome Tron Simpson to the show? He wanted to comment 
about Tron Simpson not being on the show about? Please play that. For me. All right, let me uh, not waste any time. Let me get right to my guest here. An old friend, welcome to the show for the first time, Tron Simpson. Tron, welcome. Hey, Dan, how are you, man? Great to be on your show. So I thought to myself... I don't want to waste a lot of time on this. These are just dumb stories that drive geek crazy because I'll talk about them forever. They do. They're like, we just move on. I thought to myself, all right, maybe he was on October 22nd and Zonk just missed it. No, he was literally on the October 20th show. <laughs> now, if this doesn't speak to the decaying state of the modern media, the modern media fact checker symbiote, um, that specialize exclusively in misinformation and disinformation. This is exclusively a domain of the left. It, it, they, they love to misinform. Yesterday, we saw two other examples. Of this I don't have the time to go into them in detail, and one of them is just offensive, so I'm not going to even bother. Joe Biden yesterday called a, a former Negro Leagues pitcher yesterday um, a, quote, great Negro. Um, he said it. It's literally on tape. Now, did he mean to use a, uh, you know, was he trying to use a racial epithet? You know, I'm not a leftist, so I'm not going to lie. No, he probably meant great Negro Leagues pitcher. Joe Biden's cognitively not all there. So he probably stopped this sentence short. Did he, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a leftist. I don't lie for a living. I don't know what was in Joe Biden's head. Oh, he was a racist. I'm not going to be a leftist idiot. But again, if you ever believe the media had any credibility, which you shouldn't after that last exchange I just had with Zonk. Media and others like Tommy Christopher attached the actual video of Joe Biden saying exactly that, claiming he didn't say it as people are watching him say it. It also happened yesterday after we covered the Kamala Harris fake accent story. The media came out and the fact checkers wrote, did Kamala Harris do a fake accent in France? No, she didn't. Again, uh, just your lying years are lying to you again. Uh, apparently, these media buffoons. Now, this was explained nicely by Baria Unger. Sargon last night, who is a leftist, by the way. What's that? Baria. Sorry, my accent is not very good. I'm, I'm like Kamala Harris. I can't fake it very well. So she was on Tucker last night. She's a leftist. She's the deputy opinion editor at Newsweek, not a conservative magazine. And she was talking about rather fairly. We had her on with Stelter last week where she had a correct Stelter about media malfeasance. She's talking about why people like Zonk and the others out there why media is so bad at the one job they have, which is getting the facts correct. And it's a really good quick hit on Tucker. I want you to listen to this. And the history of journalism in the 20th century in America is the history of a class of people moving from one of those classes to the other, right? Journalism used right. to be a working class trade. And throughout the 20th century, journalists became part of the American elites. And as they did so, they abandoned the working class of all races. And what we're seeing now with woke media is just the latest stage of that abandonment. That was it, folks. She nailed it. Media folks used to be members of working class communities. Many of them had other jobs. Some of them had jobs before. That's why you have this idiocy now. You have 18-year-olds like Zonk out there writing fake fact checks and hit pieces, and they can't even figure out how to go to an episode and actually look the stuff up. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, BLM, this uh, Black Lives Matter leader, this guy Hawk uh, Newsom, this guy is just uh, dialing it up a notch. I can't figure out for the life of me how this guy thinks he's saying black lives matter by uh, appearing to threaten lives that many of them may be black. I, I don't understand the logic there. If you could explain it to me, I'd love to hear it. I am um, trying to get him on my Fox show tomorrow because I'm, I'm, I'm seriously interested in debating this, uh, this man, Hawk Newsom. Here's Hawk Newsom from a while back. This is about, I don't know, a year ago, a year and a half ago on Martha McCallum's show on Fox. He's a BML, BLM leader. And, um, well, you can judge for yourself. Is this inciting violence? Check this out. If this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it. If they don't give us what we want, this is during the street violence after the George Floyd thing, then we will burn it down and replace it. Is that inciting violence? Well, Hawk Newsom reappeared again yesterday. We didn't reappear. He's been around, but reappeared in the media. 
Here's another quote yesterday. So Hawk Newsom met with the mayor-elect of New York City, Eric Adams, again, who happens to be black, which is irrelevant to conservatives, but it's all that matters to leftists. Um, and I believe Eric Adams, although he's a Democrat, actually cares about black lives. He's going to reinstitute the, reinstitute the anti-crime street crime unit in New York City, which is a good idea. Well, Hawk Newsom didn't want to hear that. And here's Hawk Newsom again. Is he inciting violence? You be the judge. If he believes that we're going to allow our children to be stopped and frisked in the streets again, he is absolutely wrong. If they think that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing that we're going to take to the streets again, there will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed. Now, keep in mind, if you were at the uh, rally on January 6th and were on tape saying that, you'd be you'd be facing probably, what, 72 years in prison, possibly the death penalty? Maybe he's like 73, 73 and a half. Definitely. Depending on the sentencing guidelines. Um, But no, because you're a BLM leader, you can, I mean, say what he literally just said. You heard it. And uh, it doesn't seem like he has any problem at all. Yeah, that's right. You're right. It's a good point. He's like, if you were at a school board meeting and you say that the FBI and the DOJ be knocking, they'd arrest your neighbors just for living next to you for that one. But uh, Hawk Newsom seems to get away with it all the time. Now he's upset because Eric Adams who's a Democrat. But was a police officer. I think, I think, I shouldn't say if I think, but I'm, I think we were on the, on the job. That's what you say when you're, when you're a police officer in New York, I'm on a job. It's like, you know, jargon. I think we were on the job at the same time. Uh, me and Eric Adams. I just, I remember something about him. Wasn't necessarily the greatest thing ever, but, uh, you know, uh, I remember Eric Adams. I'm pretty sure we're on the job at the same time, but he seems like the most reasonable Democrat to run New York City. Where you're going to pick a Democrat, you might as well pick a sane one. And Eric Adams has said, we are bringing back the plainclothes police officers. And Hawk Newsom apparently didn't like that. Why is that important, folks? Well, again, having been a police officer in a very busy precinct, the 7-5 precinct in East New York, Brooklyn, on Sutter Avenue. This should be obvious, but obviously it's not to Hawk Newsom. If you're a street criminal and you see a uniformed police officer on your corner and you want to sell drugs, what do you do? <laughs> You move, right? You don't sell drugs in front of the cops. But what if those police officers are there in plain clothes and in down clothes that you don't recognize them right away? They blend in with the community and they're in cars that aren't marked. How would you know they're there? The answer is you wouldn't. That's why plain clothes policing, anti-crime and street crime worked. Matter of fact, it worked so well during my time with the New York City Police Department under the Giuliani and later administrations. And working with the New York City Police Department as, an, as a federal agent, where I used to go back a lot afterwards, we found that the plainclothes police officers were so effective at stopping criminals from doing what they were doing, because they didn't see them there, they'd commit the crime and then we'd arrest them, that they wouldn't even carry the guns in many cases anymore. When I was a young rookie police officer, and we would uh, say stop at a scene where there was a reasonable suspicion to stop and frisk someone, I remember the guy saying, don't just frisk the person, make sure you look around where they are. And I said, why? Why are we doing that? He said, because these bad guys have gotten so used to getting busted for having guns on them that they'll stand in the street, sell drugs, and keep the gun in a paper bag in a garbage can next to them. <laughs> and you know what? He was right. I can't tell you how many times we'd stop at a scene. There'd be a couple cops there with us, and you'd find a gun, you know, three, four feet away in a bag in a garbage can right there. They'd be like, not mine. Well, you can't prove it is. They can say, you know, abandoned property. I don't know. Not mine. But at least you got the gun off the street when it was a bad guy's gun. That's how effective they were. Eric Adams was a police officer. He knows that. He's not dumb. Okay. Um, before we get to China and the questions, I want to get to this. This is just quick. Listen, the mask insanity continues, ladies and gentlemen. There is a little bit of evidence that the mask may be mildly effective if fitted correctly. Um, if you are sick and expelling droplets and uh, it may be some mild evidence that it may prevent limited cases there. There is almost no evidence systemically that this has done any, especially the paper masks, which fit poorly. And obviously you breathe through the sides are stopping this uh, pandemic at all. The evidence is right in front of your face. Just look it up. That doesn't matter. There's also obviously hard scientific evidence that children are at very, not even very, extremely low risk from negative outcomes from this virus. Okay. Especially death. Thank the Lord. I'm not using his name in vain. Doesn't matter in Chicago where the Chicago public health commissioner is like, 
We're going to vaccinate those kids to 100% or they're going to keep those damn masks on. This says to you one thing and one thing pretty clearly. This is not about science anymore, ladies and gentlemen. This is about punishing you and showing you who's in charge. It's clear as day. Listen to this. Uh, if there are younger children still who have not had the opportunity uh, to be vaccinated, that'll be something we'll be looking at. Um, my expectation is schools would probably be one of the last places, honestly, um, that we would not have masks in place. But if we can get to a point where schools are 100 percent vaccinated, that would be the setting I uh, would be particularly interested in. Again, folks, this appears to be about punishment at this point, not about science, which is really disturbing. Let's get back to reasonable, logical, science based decisions and not this nonsense. This is just insanity right now. Okay, uh, let me get to my last sponsor. Just a quick update on the China situation and how these four stories could be related. And then questions, which I'll, they're, they're all really good this week. Thank you for submitting your questions on Locals and Rumble. I really appreciate it. Okay, just a quick update on the China situation. I want to zip through these four headlines and show you how I'm not crazy. Keep your eye on China. What are they preparing for? I don't know. Is it an invasion of Taiwan that's been speculated by many? I am not sure. I'm just telling you, China is a major geopolitical force, is a clear enemy of the United States. They have nuclear weapons and something is going on in China. Is it an additional crackdown in Hong Kong? Is it Taiwan? I don't know. I don't know. But the fact that the Russians are amassing to apparently invade Ukraine again And this is going on in China should scare you. Here are four stories concerning me right now about China. Number one from Reuters. Remember Evergrande? Well, they narrowly avoided a default again yesterday. We kind of jumped the gun on that. And Evergrande dodges default again. Property sector debt concerns linger. This is one of the biggest builders in China. They owe $300 billion. If they collapse, they're going to take the Chinese economy with it. It's happening right now. Story two. Daily Mail, longest headlines ever. Xi Jinping tightens his grip on power in China with a historic resolution that puts him on par with Mao and makes a third term as president almost certain. So as the Chinese property market collapses, the Chinese leader Xi Jinping puts out a resolution enabling him to stay in charge for a whole lot longer. Well, what is he planning on doing? Here's another one from The Sun. China sparks doomsday prepper frenzy amid fears of Taiwan war after calling on their residents to stockpile food. These are conspiracy theories. These things happen. Story number four, China's energy crisis deepens with potentially fatal consequences. Ladies and gentlemen, China doesn't have enough coal to keep the lights on. The winter's coming. People are going to freeze to death in China. Does Xi know this? Does Xi know he's looking at a historic collapse in China and civil unrest? Is he about to do something? Keep your eye on it. I'm not going to stop talking about that topic. Okay. It's time for questions with Dan. Thank you to everyone who submits them. You can submit them every Thursday. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino. Just comment a question on the video. Well, he looks at them or go to my locals account and I post a, a post on Thursday. It says questions. Question number one. When you were an agent in the Secret Service, how did the different presidents treat the members of the military that served on the White House grounds? CGO status man. Um, great. I'm Again, I never lie to you for effect on the show. I I'm not a journalist that does that. All of them. I worked with President Clinton, President Obama, um, and President Bush. I know President Trump loves the military, even though I wasn't an agent with him. I know that for a fact. But um, no, they always treated him well. It was never, um, I never detected that at all. They were always very personally nice to me and others. You know, I can't point to a moment, you know, Hillary's a different story, but uh, where Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, or Obama was ever rude to them. So, no, no, they were never rude. They always treated them nicely. All right, second question. My seven-year-old granddaughter has an unusual interest in politics. That's pretty cool. She's a huge Trump supporter. That's pretty cool, too. And even debates people on some issues. Nice. Do you have any suggestions on books, movies, or media resources I can give her to help her grow her interest and natural talent in the political sphere? Thanks, Lori, uh, at Green Bay Girl. Uh, good question, Lori. Listen, when it's a seven-year-old, obviously the, the books I would recommend, uh, you know, Vision of the Anointed by Thomas Sowell, Capitalism and Freedom, um, anything by Milton Friedman for that matter. Obviously are a little probably beyond the reading comprehension of a seven-year-old. But, um, you know, the great Rush Limbaugh, who I am, have the greatest honor in my life to fill his spot on many radio stations around the country. 
All right, said Phil his spot. Notice I didn't use the term replace because no one replaces Rush. Had a great series of books for kids. Um, she may have read them already, but I think it's really important with seven-year-olds to just explain common sense lessons whenever you get the opportunity. When you're in the store and you're paying a bill, make sure you show them the receipt for taxes and show them how much you had to pay to pay off the government too. When you get your paycheck, show them your stub. That stuff matters. Uh, but yeah, at seven, it's kind of tough. You got to keep the message really simple. It's not their fault. It's just they're seven years old. The reading comprehension is not going to be the reading comprehension of a 20 or 30 year old, but good question. Next question. I have a friend trying to buy cryptocurrency. Is that the same as the digital currency you said would destroy the economy? I love learning about economics from you and you do explain it well. Thank you. CTG 143. No, cryptocurrency is not the government sponsored digital currency. And here's the difference. Well, outside the obvious that the digital currency I've been warning about, the Federal Reserve and them have been pushing and governments around the world for a government sponsored digital currency. Dollars, digital dollars, basically, folks. It's that simple. The difference there is the federal government controls that. It can control the interest rates in the economy that would affect the digital dollar. Therefore, if you had digital dollars in the bank, right, and the government wanted to destroy the value of the digital dollar, they could decrease interest rates, which would put more digital dollars into, uh, into the, into the uh, economy. A cryptocurrency, a Bitcoin, or other various cryptos out there, is not tied to the Federal Reserve. Therefore, it is a unit of value, although measured in dollars, if you're going to cash them in for dollars, as the dollar's value goes down, in many cases, the cryptocurrency value goes up. I didn't explain that right. The Federal Reserve dollars you would get with the government-sponsored digital dollars, when the Fed decreases interest rates, those digital dollars' value goes down and buy less. The Bitcoin is kind of like holding a gold asset. As the dollars go down, the value of the Bitcoin goes up because it then takes more devalued dollars to buy a Bitcoin. So your Bitcoin's worth more. So no, they're not the same thing. They're completely distinct. That's what I, that's why I really like crypto. I didn't always. And I really can't stand federal digital dollars. Really bad idea. Okay. Uh, next question. This is an economics question, but not financial advice. What's your opinion about the best ways to preserve asset value during this period of high inflation? Andy Olson. Great question, Andy. Again, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't pretend to me. Talk to uh, your financial advisor. But I can tell you what I do. I buy assets. Assets. I buy land. I have a good chunk of it. I buy comic books. Don't laugh. I've made a fortune on comic books. You, you may be, I'm telling you, I laugh all the way to the bank. I buy gold, a lot of it. I buy assets, hard assets. They, um, if you want to buy crypto, one of my business partners is heavily involved in crypto. I buy assets. Keeping your money in government bonds or anything, you're in a race against inflation. If you're making 3% on a government bond, which isn't even going to happen, but and inflation's 5%, I've got news for you, you lost money. If you buy a comic book or a gold bar for $1,000 and inflation goes up and you sell it a year later for $3,000 and inflation's only 5%, I've got news for you, you still made a lot of money. By the way, don't laugh about the comic book thing. I got this, you want to know, I shouldn't tell you my trick. Should I tell them my trick? I'll tell you. Here's my trick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose because now people are going to be. Here's what you do. Whenever you get wind that Marvel or DC is going to put out a movie and a character is going to be in it, instantly go to a website, buy the comic book, the first appearance of the character. I guarantee you, you're going to sell it six months later at a huge premium. Guaranteed. I did it just recently with Morbius. I found out Marvel had a Morbius movie coming out. With Jared Leto, Morbius was a character in Spider-Man. I went, I put uh, first appearance, Morbius, Spider-Man. I'm not going to tell you what I bought it and sold it for, but needless to tell you, I did okay. Works every time. You want another trick? Chipotle. Wait till Chipotle. There's, there's always some like every few years, I think, oh, someone got sick at Chipotle. Whatever. The stock always, buy the stock right after that. You'll see, like give it a few months later. That's it's my, you're just, I'm just telling you my thing, what I do. You do you. Okay, moving on. <laughs> he thought that was the best question. Uh, you asked me what I do to make money. That's what I do. I buy land. I wait. I buy comics, gold, all that other stuff. Okay, next question. Hey, Dan, is Paula willing to share her famous, I threw that in there, empanada recipe for those of us who love empanadas? Please and thank you at Flow. Yes, uh, she will. That will be her empanada recipe in Steve Ducey from Fox News' next cookbook. 
We finally made it in. Paula's empanadas will be so free plug for the deuce. Deucey, if you're listening, his next book, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you, it's coming out sometime soon. His next cookbook will have Paula's. It is the best empanadas you will ever eat in your life. Guarantee it. Guarantee. Do we have another? Yes, we do. I forgot how many questions I submitted. Okay, next one. I really like your podcast. Maybe off topic here, but on the current two-party system, what are your thoughts on supporting a third independent party? I've read polls that 60% of adults consider themselves independent. What are your thoughts? Willie 9571. Very, very bad idea. I'll give you two simple reasons. In the primary system, in the primary system, if you're running as an independent, many states, it costs a fortune to get on the ballot and you have to bump your name ID. Your name ID is all that's going to matter because in a primary, you have people running as Republicans and Democrats. You're going to have no assistance from any party infrastructure. You're going to have to pay for it all by yourself, number one. Number two, there is no way in any time in the near future an independent is going to win the presidency. What, Dan? It could happen. Ross Perot, John Anderson. No, it's not going to happen. And Let me tell you why. You have to get a certain amount of electoral votes to win the presidency. Okay, we know that. There's a race to get to this, this number here. You're not going to get to the number as an independent. And because you're not going to get to the number, because it's a three-way race, okay, what's going to happen is it's going to get kicked to the House of Representatives, where candidates in the House of Representatives are largely only Republicans or Democrats, and there's no way in hell they're going to support an independent. There's just no way. The party would crack down. You're better off running as a Republican with the right ideas and using the infrastructure we built. There's just no way. Uh, last question. In reference to your Dinkins effect analogy about Mayor Dinkins in New York, how does the Democratic Party run a candidate primary for 2024 with an incumbent president in the White House without admitting the sitting administration is an utter failure? They don't. That was my Dinkins effect. Oh, the locals. That's the next one. The Dinkins effect is this. The media and the Democrats turn on a person, not the party. David Dinkins, Joe Biden, and they're like, oh, this guy's uniquely unqualified, but liberalism still works. That's the whole point of the Dinkins effect. So the, the question is the answer. No, they will throw Biden and Harris under the bus, tell, calling them total failures. But they'll never acknowledge liberalism as a failure. Here's the last question. Hey, uh, we love locals here. How about a little description of locals and how it works? I entered locals.com in my browser and it took me to a list of local merchants promoting to buy local products. Now that if you enter locals.com, I assure you, you'll get that. I don't, I don't know if you typed it in wrong or but here's the easiest way if you're having a hard time with the website, which you shouldn't, it's locals.com. Um, download the app. I do a lot of the Dan Bongino reality show exists on locals. You want, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I, I don't pretend to believe I'm that interesting, but people seem to like it. The counts exploded. We're almost at a hundred thousand followers and the subscribers are through the roof. I film these videos just whenever I feel like it at dinner with Paula, hanging out with the dog. And whatever's on my mind, you'll see it on Locals. So download the Locals app or go to Locals.com. Look me up. I'm at Bongino. You can subscribe for premium content or just follow there. And um, it works. Go check it out. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Don't miss my show, Unfiltered, tomorrow night, 10 p.m. on the Fox News Channel. we got a loaded show for you. Set your DVR if you can't make it live. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.